I'm Frank Hammer. I'm here with the Poor People's Campaign in Washington, D.C., supporting William Barber, Reverend William Barber, in his um, national appeal for a moral revival, for equality and justice, and for the folks, uh, low-wage workers. My name is Antoinette Gardner. I'm from Goldsboro, North Carolina. Pastor William Barber is my pastor. Um, I support this march. I have, I, my pastor has always fought for justice, even before he became a director of the poor, co-chair of the Poor People's Campaign. Because so many people are hurting, our, our school kids now are suffering. Um, education is not like it was when I grew up. We had books. Kids don't even have books in our school nowadays. Um, I had uh, my sister died of COVID. My uncle died of COVID. Um, I have had people to die because of lack of medical care. And so that's why I'm here. I have people that can't even afford to have housing. They have to live with each other. And they work, but they just cannot afford the rent that people are charging nowadays. And we're suffering and we need for the people that we put in Washington, D.C. to listen to us. They get medical benefits. We want medical benefits. They get a salary. We want a salary that we can live, that we don't have to go to the grocery store and decide what we gonna eat today because we can't afford even the, the meat now. I mean, I have to count out pieces of chicken for my children. You know, it's sad. Uh, you got five wings a uh, piece today uh, and things like that it ju it's just it's, it's sad and it hurts it, it's sad and it hurts but we hope that people will listen they will participate and they will vote we need to vote the people that don't care about us out and put people that understands and know that we are all Americans we are taxpayers and we like to choose where that money goes sometimes so I'm glad to be here and I'm glad to see all different walks, people from all different walks, all because they can't say it's a black thing. They can't say it's a gay thing. They can't say it's a, a woman thing or man thing. It's a people thing. And we love people. I support the cause. Um, it is very unfortunate that people don't make enough to live. I just graduated. There's barely anybody trying to pay people over $10 an hour. That's not enough to support a family or even have a home. I really hope um, public officials listen because they've been elected into these positions and the people count on them. Uh, I definitely want people to vote. I think minimum wage should be raised. Um, everybody should have equal access to healthcare and healthcare benefits. I just hope people listen and you know, I hope they see that people are hurting. Um, times are getting rough for everybody and vote. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Definitely vote. Great. And come out and support causes like this. Um, the bigger the better, the more people who stand up and take a stand, the more the word will get out. I came here to support the um, Poor People's Campaign because in America, the richest country in the world, as I walk around this city, I see homeless encampments, people living out of tents, 
um, low-wage workers who can't afford to live here. I know family members who lost everything because of um, medical bills um, in the richest country in the world. The fact that we can't, we don't have uh, universal health care, a living wage, you know, the same kind of things that were Martin Luther King and the original Poor People's Campaign was demanding in 1968. And it's a shame that in 2022, we still have to demand the exact same things. But I'm glad we're still demanding, we're still pushing, and we can make it happen. It's been 20 years uh, that public education's been under attack. Multiple presidents trying to privatize public education. And um, the attacks on public education have especially hurt our most vulnerable students, those with special needs, because they privatize to these charters who don't care about special needs kids. Wouldn't get near my son who has autism. They reject him out of hand. Public education is critical for the survival of a democracy. Yet for 20 years we've been under attack. And now they and constantly blame for everything teachers, so that now they wonder why there's a looming teacher shortage, especially in our the, the areas we most need them, special education. It's just one more step. We gotta keep pushing to let people know these people from there's people from all over the country that we're not gonna just sit back and take this. You know, you know it's as I tell my students, it's not you, we don't expect miracles to happen overnight. You just gotta constantly keep pushing for some kind of progressive change to create a country that serves all its citizens, not just the wealthy. I love Reverend Barber's uh, emphasis on poor people, you know, because it's something that you not, all of us can relate to. Even if personally not, you know, we may be, you know, living what we consider a middle-class lifestyle. We're all on the edge in America. We're one illness away from homelessness, you know, a few paychecks away from uh, losing everything. That it's something everybody can relate to. 99% of Americans can relate to, and it can unify us. Uh, rather than all the different other issues that are used to splinter us. And when you think about uh, democracy, you think about uh, fairness, you think about people standing up for, for their rights and liberties, and I can't think of a better situation here with so many colors and people and diversity represented here, from low wage to voting rights to uh, all kinds of different causes, and that's really what America is about. And the uh, goodwill and love that you can sense here is really what America's about because we can easily bash each other's heads in. But this is one where you care about each other and the people around you and the strangers. And if you think about it, that's the best thing the ideals of America has to offer. Hopefully the outcome is that people won't go unnoticed, that the legislatures will notice, that the legislatures will wake up and legislatures will remember why they're there in the first place. So that's what I'm hoping will come out of it. And my confidence and faith in William Barr and some things I've seen that he can help push the right buttons to make that happen. Poverty affects so many people, and that wealth gap is closing so much. Even people with college degrees now are facing poverty. So as that gets close, I feel like it's an interest for everybody, um, regardless of race, gender, or class, to embrace the movement. And that's why I'm here today to do my part. I'm a librarian. Um, I work at George Mason University uh, here in, uh, well, in Virginia. And um, so, like I said, I'm back and forth between Virginia and North Carolina. Uh, so student loan debt, definitely a burden that I have something that I care about. Um, and, you know, if, if something were to occur one way or the other, I could easily, easily be in a worse situation than I am right now. So I want to make sure that I'm in solidarity with everyone here and in solidarity with the movement. As well. I hope that it will galvanize people, um, galvanize people to vote, but not only to vote, but to be consistently active 
um, and things that affect their local community, which in turn will, will affect their state. And I think everything is uh, connected internationally. So um, everything is world making. So I just hope that um, everyone here can do every, everything that they can do where they live so that we can uh, act in solidarity um, with one another and uh, in, in just in one connection and in unity um, so that the, you know, the, the politics of uh, profit won't outweigh uh, the moral issues that we all need to fight for and that connects everyone. I think everything from the clothes we wear um, to uh, pollution to the things that we have, um, our devices are made around the world made uh, under uh, unjust circumstances uh, that everyone may not be um, aware of, but what they are. So one thing affects another. And the quicker people realize that, I think the more of our, our kind of partisan walls can kind of break down and we can all join around things that interest uh, humanity as a whole. Well, I just hope that everyone continues the, the march. It's not about uh, an individual effort. Uh, it's a unified effort. So I just hope that this kind of thing continues um, and it strengthens and it just, um, there's a groundswell of people around the country who, who wake up and realize that there are things like racism that kind of cloud our ability to see uh, what's best for the greater interest of everybody. Being from North Carolina, we're very familiar with uh, Reverend Barber's work and where, you know, uh, 12 years ago, longer than that, um, Reverend Barber, um, you know, led the Moral Monday movement after the Republican takeover of our state legislature and state government. Um, and, and so uh, when he began reviving the uh, Poor People's Campaign, right, and seeing the fusion coalition that he was able to build in the state of North Carolina, uh, just um, I think it's uh, amazing and wonderful if such a coalition could be built um, across America. Poverty is a huge driver of ill health. Right? And, um, you know, you look at climate change and the effect, disproportionate effects of climate change on people, poor people in rural North Carolina and, um, and, and the effect of disasters and severe weather. Um, you know, obviously reproductive rights, right? The, the access to control over, you know, people's body. We, you know, we have a, a, you know, a number of uh, you know, criminal justice involved patients in our clinic. We have homeless patients whose homelessness is criminalized. Um, you know, we have people who are hungry. Uh, we have people who are illiterate, you know, and so who have been denied all the things that a, a just and wealthy society such as ours should be able to guarantee uh, for, for, for all people. It changed my life just to see people who are concerned with everyday people and what we can do to to uh, not lobby but to gather together and, and make a difference in our communities and to help people who can't pay their utilities, who can't afford housing, who can't afford to fill up their gas tanks now. And we are trying so hard to make a difference in our communities so that people can just live safely. I have children in West Virginia, and if it weren't for my husband and I, they would not have decent places to live. They wouldn't be able to feed my grandson. They wouldn't be able to afford education. And even 
some of the laws that are being made are stripping us of the rights that we do have. So I am always constantly trying to make sure that people understand what's going on and how we have to gather together to make the difference and to keep people informed and to keep people voting. I'm with the uh, UE150 out of Charlotte and I'm uh, here to uh, be in support of the poor people, low wages, because that's what, that's what we're all about, fighting for low wages, fighting for poor people, trying to make a difference, trying to get new members to, to come aboard the U, uh, UE150 and to take back some, some knowledge from what we heard from some leaders here and take it back to Charlotte, North Carolina and build our recruitment and, and, and make a difference in Charlotte as far as working with the poor people, wages and, 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 the, way, and the living wages. We came here today in solidarity, but we're also connecting with other unions. We're connecting with other organizations so that we can build a broad base and we can all fight together. Senators and leaders realize that we're tired of this. We're tired of this and we're not gonna stand for it anymore. And if they don't start um, exercising the will of the people, we're gonna vote them out of office. And some of us are gonna start running for office because we can't continue to do the same thing. So we're gonna educate, we're gonna get out and vote, and we're gonna keep fighting and pushing until we can create real change. One of the things that resonates so strongly with me with the Poor People's Campaign is that we all have a moral obligation as American citizens to really, and, and as Christians, really care for the least of these amongst us and to make sure that we always balance our moral obligation as Christians and our to our obligation as citizens. And so that's really important to me that we advocate for uh, rights. One of the things that's on the poster that really resonates with me is when we raise up the lowest, we all rise. Like if you reach to the bottom and make sure that the bottom rises, all of us rise. I too feel as though when you help others, um, that that gives you life when you're helping others. And this mission is so help, uh, so powerful to help others that it gives you energy, it gives you life. So the goal is to make sure everybody in America has a life, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And poverty is the one thing that is preventing a lot of people from actually pursuing their, their happiness. It's preventing them to having full liberty. And it really is curtailing people's lives. And so all of our missions is really, really connected to ending poverty because you cannot get what you want until we end poverty. And so one of the things I hope that this is a revival, that there is something in this that happens today that re-energizes us because as workers that are, you get sometimes tired in the fight or you get caught up in the, the details and you everybody needs to be revived, which means that there has to be a spiritual connection, something that reignites the higher calling in what you're doing, that you don't get um, caught up in the busy work, that you really are about helping and empowering people their lives. This is Frank doing interviews for the analysis.news in Washington, D.C. of participants who are here for the Poor People's Campaign and the March for a Moral Revival. And I'm here today with Reverend Ed Rowe from Detroit, from, Detroit, from my hometown. 
Well, I think you have to show up. You know, I'm a United Methodist pastor, and our whole history is people who made a difference because they showed up. But I think it's sort of like the church. Yeah, it, if all you're going to do is worship, all you're going to do is come to rallies. It's what you do in between the rallies that make the rallies make sense. So hopefully we have thousands of people here who spend every day of their life uh, doing, responding to Dr. King's statement that there comes a time when silence is, benign, is, is betrayal. And so not just silence, but inaction is betrayal. But frankly, I've been doing this for 55 years and I think we're going in the other direction. And I worry more about not the rallies, because we can always get thousands of people on a good day to come to Washington, but it's what we do between the worship services. And I think of this as a worship service. I think of this as more of a worship service than most of the worship services, you know? And, uh, and if what we're here for is to realize we're not alone, to gain strength and power, to go back and do the work between the worship services, then I say, amen. If what we're here for is to simply, you know, find a food truck and find a place on the lawn, then I say, stay home. Because your calling happens between the worship services. And I think this is an amazing worship service, but only if it gives us power to do something between the worship services. Let's not just wait till the next rally, because I've been to more rallies than I can count in my lifetime. And Donald Trump still happened, and people are still in poverty, and people still die from lack of health care, and people still die from homophobia, and people still die because uh, of the uh, garbage dumped in their neighborhoods, and they still die because uh, there are grocery stores targeted because black people go there, and so people are killed. Innocent people are killed every day. He says 700. I think it's more like thousands of people that die every day. White cops kill black cops every day. Every day, more people are killed. Parents are afraid to send their kids to school, praying that they'll come home. What kind of world is this? And what kind of party sits in these chairs funded by billionaires and vote what the billionaire wants them to vote and forget about their own conscience and their own... And then they go to church or the synagogue or the mosque and they listen to holy books that tell them to do something about the poor and they do nothing. So Mitch McConnell, you're a killer. You know, the Republican Party, the Democrats who vote against the poor, you're killing people. Blood is on your hands. So this is a worship service to say, let's gain power to go and vote people out who are killers, killing people every day. That's why I'm here. I'm here for the people who struggle every day and don't get a chance to go anywhere near a microphone. I would hope that people would be listening to this that couldn't get here, that uh, 
that their hearts would be moved and that they would be, you know, be, I have health care. I have a pension. You know? I have a place to live. How do I justify taking advantage of all this white privilege while people are dying in the street? You know, and we're the Dan Gilberts and the Mike Illages of the world and and people like him move corporate heads into our city and build buildings, you know, for the corporate giants of the world while people are dying in the streets right below their buildings. I I I don't know. I don't know the answer. I I I just can't quit because Dr. King said silence is betrayal. And I think Dr. King also said, if you don't have anything worth dying for, you don't have anything worth living for.